Welcome to Backstage at Upstage, a presentation of Upstage Lung Cancer, which uses the performing arts to raise awareness and funding for lung cancer research. Here's your host, the founder and president of Upstage Lung Cancer, Hildy Grossman. Hi, I'm Hildy Grossman, and we're so excited to have you with us today backstage at Upstage. My friend Jordan is here to introduce our guests. Hildy, our topic is While the Theater Was Dark, and today we're joined by three show people, all of whom have graced stages with you over the years for concerts to support upstage lung cancer. We're thrilled to welcome Boston actress and singer Lee Barrett, John King, who now calls New York his home, where he works in production and management on Broadway, and actor, dancer, choreographer, and more, Elise Robbins. Hildy? I'd like to welcome our three guests today who are just so dear to me, all of whom have participated in Upstage Lung Cancer musical productions, and they have been a blast. I have so many amazing memories and so many laughs and tears throughout the years. And Elise, without you, we would never have reached the first class professional level of concerts that we've done for the past 12 years. Uh, It's now one year into the COVID pandemic, And this past year has changed all of our lives. I heard someone describe this as a year ago, the clock stopped. And I thought that was pretty apt. It's just kind of the way it is. But talk to me, Elise, uh, what's, what's your year been like? Right before it hit, I was working on a world premiere jazz tap ballet that I choreographed and staged. And I keep thinking how lucky we all were that that had its run. I think about it all the time. It turns out that our, I think it was already in the building. We had some real sickness, some real illness in the building. It ran until March 1st. Just really grateful that we got to experience that and present that and share that. It just reminded me to take things as they come. I wasn't going to do that project. I thought I was too old. I thought there was no way I could physically and mentally accomplish that. And I'm so glad that I tried and that I did it when I did because, well, my body's out of shape now. (laughs) After this year, I don't know. I really don't know that I could attempt something like that. Finished that production. As the Associate Artistic Director of Greater Boston Stage Company, I'm involved in all productions. So they were just putting up the moors and I ran the photo call for that show and then the show came down. So we did our dress rehearsal, took all the photos and no one went back to the theater the next day. It was so, so surreal. And same thing happened. So I, I, I do a few different jobs. You know that about me, Hildy. I know. <laughs> so I work for a presentation skills company. And I remember flying to Florida in January or February and driving up to New Hampshire and doing those gigs. And then all that stopped. It just, it, it just, it felt like we were, we were suspended in time. And so it definitely took me a bit of time to kind of figure out where I was suspended in time, where where we go next. I never want to hear the words new normal again. I never want to hear the word pivot again, which is hard because I'm a dancer. <laughs> pivot step, pivot step, walk, walk, walk. <laughs> but if one more person says we had to pivot, I, I it's so... I, so the, my next project was supposed to be choreographing and directing Matilda for GDSC. So at the beginning, I was like, oh, we'll do it in the fall. We're going to be doing it in the fall. So I kept choreographing. I kept doing all the work for it. And I remember the day I I actually packed up the books and sent them back and just feeling so sad 
not that I was working for nothing, but I don't know when the next time is we'll see something with 25 people on stage or 20 people on stage again. It just, it just feels very far away to me. Uh, I've been doing like socially, I've been doing some really fun, interesting things. Almost every Saturday night, I have a group of dancer friends and we watch uh, dance movies together. We've watched 35 so far since I, it's been amazing. It's been, it's been a great learning experience for me as well, just to, to revisit some of those older dance movies. And as far as work goes, so we were furloughed for six months. Uh, we all got to work, like, I think unemployment allowed us to work four hours a week. I've become the social media person, which is hysterical. Guys, I am not 25. <laughs> I should not be <laughs> the Instagram person, but I am. Uh, so I was taking those four hours just to sort of do that a couple of times a week. Um, but now we are back. I work 20 to 30 hours a week. We are trying to put together a season. Our young company, our education program, uh, went out with a virtual a virtual festival this fall that went so well that we're doing a virtual fe- festival in the spring that will hopefully culminate in an in-person. We are hoping to do the summer festival. Those kids will be in-person. So right now, I, with our team, are trying to put together a season. And so there's hope because the theater will, there'll be light at the end of this tunnel. Absolutely. I mean, there has to be, there has to be, right? Sorry. I'm just like talking away. Sorry, you guys. (laughs) Lee, John, you don't don't get to speak today. I'm just like chatting away. Keep it going. (laughs) So, John, you moved out of our area, out of Boston, and you, you went to the Big Apple and I was thinking the other day, (laughs) I was thinking of some of the shows we did together for Upstage Lung Cancer, and I thought of, uh, for some reason, that when we did the Sinatra show, and we did Come Fly With Me, Lee will remember that. It was Lee and Paula Markowitz and John and myself, and for some reason, I it just made me laugh with joy. It was just, it was a lot of fun uh, doing that show. So, New York. You went to New York and tell us what you, why you went and what you've been doing and what the year's been. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Upstage lung cancer shows were so much fun to do. Um, yeah. Incredible, incredible memories, of course, uh, being with you and Lee and of course, Paula, uh, she's one of my dearest friends, but um, yeah, four years ago, I literally changed my life and changed my career from banking and went into, um, I guess you would say arts administration. And I, I um, landed the sweet role of um, first house managing a Broadway theater. And now I am the assistant general manager for a Broadway theater. So that's what brought me to uh, New York to just uh, drop everything and take my my dog and my husband with me. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, uh, I did that. And it's been probably one of the most wonderful things that I I could have done for myself, for my soul, Um, you know, just make it theater itself just makes me incredibly happy and uh, not being in the theater community right now um, has been really devastating because for me, since I was like 13 years old, I, I can't remember a day not stepping into a theater 
unless I was, you know, on vacation in Mexico or something, <laughs> you know, whether it be seeing a show with Lee in it or Elise, um, or being in a show myself, I mean, or I always stepped into a theater. So it's, it's been, you know, rather devastating and, and hard to, um, you know, keep the positivity going, especially being in the management side of things and trying to keep my employees uh, active and, you know, keeping their spirits up. But um, yeah, it's, it's been hard, but I will say, you know, like at least um, the day that we shut down, we were actually supposed to have a, um, an invited dress of 500 people come to see uh, Plaza Suite with um, Sarah Gachessa Parker and Matthew Broderick. So, you know, it was, it was one of the most difficult things to have to stand in front of a group of people and tell them that Broadway was shut down, you know? Um, and literally the auditorium had tech tables all over the place, lighting equipment and gear and, you know, just it, the whole theater was crazy full with all of this stuff. And we told people they literally had five minutes to leave the theater. And to this day, the theater is still left the way it was. Oh, that's so yeah. sad. You know, you think of Broadway, you think of lights, you think of activity and vitality and excitement. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what I've been doing in the meantime is, keeping trying to keep positive um read the uh broadway briefing every day uh seeing what's happening with the progression of you know the pandemic and all of that um uh, you know i myself have been trying to get work just you know part-time full-time just for the time being and that's been pretty difficult uh, but I am bartending weekends at a restaurant. So that at least gets me out there, yeah. um, you know, to still be with people and, you know, enjoy people as well. Right. So, um, you know, that's been, it's been, um, it's been helping. Well, you know, the isolation is really hard. And, um, and so I think um, to you, Lee, um, we've communicated during this past year. You've helped me through with some virtual um, virtual show I put together for upstage lung cancer in the fall, which turned out to be kind of great. Um, but I thank you for putting up with all my thoughts and questions and what do you think of this? What do you think of that? So that was really great. Um, and I'll always, one of the other things, well, I have a thousand memories, but one of my memories with you, Lee, <laughs> was uh, the year that we did a tribute to Leonard Bernstein. And we did the quintet from West Side Story. For you listeners, if you don't know what that sounds like, it was, oh my God, <laughs> we were pulling our hair out. It was quite something. But um, in any case, uh, you've done many things up till this, as, the, as I said, the, the clock stopped. What have you been doing? What's life been like for you? And then what's the year brought? Not, I, I feel like not, not as exciting as, as for some here, but um, I'm listening to Elise. I'm like, I've, I've done nothing. I haven't done anything. Um, 
Not true. You made masks. Oh, yeah. No, I'm still doing that. Um, <laughs> we, you know, when everything was getting shut down, I had j- literally just finished um, Little Women at Wheelock Family Theater and um, and was doing a play, um, a musical play with Paula Markowitz, Lisa, written by Lisa Rafferty about women's suffrage. And we were rehearsing at the Boston Public Library and we were supposed to do public performances like the weekend of the 13th. Like, so it's coming up. You know, there was the rumblings of, you know, what is this thing? And like, you look out at the ocean and you see that dark cloud sort of coming at you. That's that's what it felt like. Only, and some people were like chicken little and some people were like, oh no, it's all fine. Everything's fine. Lick the doorknobs, you know, do the things. And I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe anyway. So, um, so I, I it, that was concerning to me because we weren't shutting anything down early enough in my opinion. So that was a little scary waiting for them to sort of pull the the plug on, on us being in person and rehearsing and things like that. That just made me really nervous. So I was grateful when, when that finally, when the decision was finally made, I mean, but I didn't expect it to go on quite as long as it has been. Um, you know, I thought, Oh, we'll, we'll be, you know, locked up tight for a little bit and then, you know, it'll go away like other things like a flu or a cold or whatever. I try to like, not like a positive poly, but I I like to sort of like, okay, how can we, how can we make something work? And there has to be something we can do. I had a house of six from the very beginning. My son came home from college with his girlfriend and my, my other son was living here and then his girlfriend was here. So it was six of us. And that was exciting. It was um, like the pioneer days figuring out how to feed them all, how we were going to get groceries. I kept saying it was like one of those um, PBS shows. Remember those shows where it was like, live in the 1820s house, that kind of thing. Mm. Anybody remember that? Uh, I'm the only one. Um, But that's what it felt like. It felt like, oh, let's make our own soap. Um, Nobody could find yeast to make bread or flour. So that was exciting for a little bit. But that that wears very thin. Um, I did start making masks because there was a, a shortage. No one could get them. I was worried about friends and family and strangers who couldn't get them. So I was blessed with a sewing machine from the 1970s that belonged to my mom and, you know, remembered how to sew a straight line and I could watch YouTube. So I figured it out and I'm still doing it, still doing it. We all thought for a long time that, oh, things are opening back up. We won't need them anymore, but it it seems like it's still, I'm going to be in business. We'll get back to the podcast in just a moment. Upstage Lung Cancer exclusively uses music and the performing arts to get the word out about lung cancer. Through concerts and activities, Upstage helps fund much needed research. As the saying goes, find it, treat it, beat it. Please subscribe to this podcast series and tell your friends. Oh, and if you'd like to join our efforts, consider a donation of any amount at upstagelungcancer.org. And now, back to the podcast. We have screens and we can watch movies and television shows and binge like crazy, but there's something magical, as John said, about live events, live performance. It's almost a double-edged sword for all of you because you're not only great performers, which you love, but you're also audience members. Reflect on what it means to take the arts away and maybe for once the society is going to realize how precious it is. Just your general thoughts on it. Uh, Hilda, you want to start? I, I would love to. I, I I wanted to add my own little piece and then I promised to say something there, but 
Um, for me, the pandemic came just as I was about to do a, a table read for a, a musical theater piece I have been working on for probably close to 20 years. Um, I have a writing partner, my friend John, and John and I um, wrote a musical theater piece called Ziegfeld. It was based on the life of Florence Ziegfeld. And we wrote original music and uh, Lee was going to have a nice part. And um, it, it, I think in all humility, it's like a wonderful show. So I was just beside myself with excitement to be able to do that table read in a theater and then boom, that the, you know, the theater shut down. And um, so I can go off in another direction in terms of, you know, my belief. I guess I'm sort of the person, if you get lemons, make lemonade. Uh, if you can, you can't always do that. But I think that's why I've gravitated toward virtual concerts. And then we started this podcast series, which has been so exciting. It's a way to um, also have a voice and and connect with other people. But I know for myself, being in the theater, especially for a musical, for me, there's almost nothing like it. It just transcends. It's the most spiritual kind of experience that I can think of. I just feel just taken almost outside of myself. And, you know, for those musicals that I've really loved and have seen many times, like Guys and Dolls and, and Fiddler on the Roof, there's just nothing quite like it. So that's my experience of being an audience member and how sad it is. What a, mm. it's, it's a huge loss not to be, be in that theater with other people on stage. I, I don't think I've ever gone more than a week without being in a theater since I was like five. I mean, it's really, it's really odd. Even when my husband and I, we, I was very lucky to travel around the world with my husband when I was younger, before we had kids. And we've, even everywhere, I either found a dance class or a show. We saw so many shows. We saw outdoor theater. We saw indoor theater. And so it feels like a lost year, almost this, this, this year, it's, it's very strange. And for me, I will say, I'm so, I'm so impressed by all the virtual theater that's been happening. It's not the same for me. It, it is, it, it is very different than going and seeing Andre De Shields do Hades Town and look directly up at you when he takes his bow. It's just, it is so different. There is something, and and also, so I, I'm going to go back to that one. So I saw one of the last shows I saw on Broadway was Hades Town before the before everything closed down, and I. I was able to get last minute tickets for one of those little tiny boxes. You know, I'd never sat in one. The little, I think they're called dress circle boxes. And they're the worst. <laughs> they are. They are. But it was so fun because there are like six people there and you get to know your neighbors. <laughs> so we're chatting with the other people and and th there was this community of of us, right? And and the show was delicious and delightful and unbelievable. And, um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to see it again so I can see what happened. Because, you, you know, when you're in those boxes, you can't see it in the corners. But I, I haven't gotten to. But so you have this community up here and you're living and breathing and you're laughing because other people are laughing and you're, you're enjoying it together. And then our little box jumped up and, and 
And Andre the Shields looked right at us. And there's something so amazing, the whole experience, the whole experience. It's so sad that we haven't had it for a year. And I'm usually, and and I, I think Lee, Lee was touching on this, and most people know I'm usually the optimist in the room. I usually am the, the glass half full. I, the You know, I'll make rain and it will fill all the way to the top. I, I'm really worried about the, the coming back. I'm really worried. I think technology was already eating into live theater audiences to begin with. And they say it takes 30 days to change a habit. And I think there are all these people who now are in this habit of, of sitting and watching things and not doing things live. I mean, even this is a, such a small, even my lecture, which is done, we do it virtually over Zoom. People missed it for one reason or the other, and they asked for the recording and we don't record it. It's, it's, what, it's one and done. And I think people are so used to just being able to, oh, I'll get the recording. I'll see it in my own time. I'll see it. And it's just, I'm worried that people aren't going to make that effort to get up and put on real pants and get in the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been worried about that for a long time. I don't know about John or Lee, but I, I've actually, before the, the pandemic, I've watched more and more venues where live music, uh, you know, is performed close. They're just, you know, in Boston, they're just like 10 little Indians. It just, you know, one goes, one goes, one goes. And so I thought even before the pandemic, People are staying home. They have gigantic screen televisions. They get takeout food delivered by somebody else. You could stay in your house forever, which then the pandemic had. <laughs> and then we were staying in our, and we still are. So I don't know what, John or, or Lee, I don't know what your feelings about or worries about whether or not, you know, people are going to be hungry to rush back to the live theater again. Uh -huh. I'll jump in. I think New York is very different maybe from uh, other places um, because I truly believe that Broadway is the mecca of New York. I mean, people come here to see live theater. I mean, it's the best in the world. Um, but I think virtually it just doesn't do it for me. Um, I've seen probably at least 12 to 15 virtual shows and I, I, I'm staring at the screen and I'm just not impressed by it. I think when you're sitting in a theater, you escape the reality of your life and you're drawn into what's happening on stage. And I think that's what people are missing. You know, it's the only way you can really escape for, you know, 90 minutes to three hours, depending on what type of show it is, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I think that's what I, I desperately miss. You know, I, I do try to be that, you know, half glass full and all of that stuff uh, as well. But, you know, I, I, I do think that that's what we're, I think that's what at least New York is missing. And I, it will get back to that. Um, and I think it's going to be better than what people what people think. I think, you know, theaters are really going to be, you know, at that 90% capacity versus be people being afraid and only being at, you know, 50%. What are your thoughts? Um, I was just going to say that, that the whole uh, live theater experience, it's the, it's the collective enjoyment or um, experience of something that you, you only get in a live 
event. Yeah. Um, who are all experiencing this, this same thing. And there's something about that that you can't get. Um, like John said, you, you, it's, it's easier when you're on the screen to disengage um, and not be like completely sucked in unless you sort of for yourself create that experience, but it's not, it's just not the same. Um, I, I worry about the smaller venues in Boston, um, you know, being able to come back. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we will all sort of help each other out more, not be so separate. Um, I'm hopeful that audiences and artists will be hungry to, to come back and, and, not to walk down that road, but I mean, there was, there were things that aren't so, that weren't so great about our, our industry and about our business. And, um, I, I see that sort of veil lifted and hopefully being explored more deeply and we can come back and, and do things better in that, in that way. Um, not only for our audiences, but for, for our artists. Um, and I'm, that's very exciting to me. And it sets up the whole notion of having something to look forward to. I think now that people are getting vaccines and we're learning a little bit more and probably people will be wearing masks in the audience for a while, but that doesn't, that doesn't, it's not like you're wearing a blindfold, you know, you're still <laughs> there and you're still able to enjoy what's what, but I think being able to look forward now and um, as you say, coming back better maybe more experimental theater, more opportunities to do things. You know, it's just looking ahead. Heaven knows we, we didn't need a pandemic to, to break us out of a habit or a rut that we've been in. <laughs> didn't have to be quite that catastrophic. <laughs> uh, you know, a little nudge would have been fine um, to get our attention. But I think oftentimes, and I think of it in, in my day to day, that you get into this grind, you get into this rut, you, you know, I do things this way all the time. I'm, I'm product over process or all of that kind of stuff. And, and we don't take that moment to go, what if I went this way instead of that way? And this was an opportunity, at least for me to take that time and examine how I want to do something differently or why do I always do it that way? Like Elisa was talking about, you know, um, getting back to movement and dancing and how she does it. And I hear a lot from friends uh, who say, I'm really exploring the how and the why. So that even if you come back and you're doing it, you know, the same, the same as you did it before, I think for me anyway, I want it to be more intentional. And I needed something to really get my attention because otherwise I don't think we, we, we take the moment that we're given or, or we don't have the opportunity either to take that moment and go, huh, why do I do that? Can I do it differently? Do I need to do it that way? No, it makes a lot of sense. And maybe that's a good place for us to kind of wind up this particular conversation which I'm sure we could be going on for so much longer. There's so much to talk about. If there's any benefit from having had our lives more closed in, if we're lucky, we've taken that time to be a little more mindful about ourselves, about um, how precious life is, doing the things that matter to us, and not being bogged down with things that are really nonsensical. They're not all that important. And so in terms of theater and music and the arts, for me, and I think I can speak for all of us, 
it has to be a very big part of our lives again and trying to find ways to build that in you know and think about how to do it that's part of the joy of I think all of our lives. So I want to thank you all for participating in this conversation about while the theater was dark and basically curveballs happen and we didn't expect this one, but they do happen. And so when they do happen, it's how to uh, recover and, and make the best of that. So thank you again. You'll hear us on the next podcast. To find out how you can join Upstage Lung Cancer in raising awareness and funding to beat lung cancer, visit our website, upstagelungcancer.org. We invite you to subscribe and download our podcast available on all platforms. And we love reviews and ratings. After all, we're showbiz people. There's more entertainment and inspiration to come on the next podcast episode of Backstage at Upstage.